Hey y'all, hey. Welcome to this episode of Such a Lady and I am your host Siobhan Antoine and thanks for tuning in today. I can't wait to tell you all about our next story. Um, Hopefully you find it as intriguing as I did but um, if not let me know. If you do like it let me know. Either way just let me know. Go to our um, Instagram page at suchalady30 and let us know what you think about it. I know that growing up me and my sisters were spread out. Um, My oldest sister is 14 years older than me. And then my middle sister is seven years. So growing up, they, we got close once we got older, Um, but they didn't have no time. They didn't fool with me. Um, But we knew that if we were going to act up, we did it when my mom wasn't around. Um, we knew how to get our life together when she got back around. So I love the the bond that we have now. Uh, don't get me wrong. They can definitely get on my nerves. And I'm sure I work every last one of theirs. But <laughs> um, there's nothing that I wouldn't do for them. And I'm very grateful that I have sisters. Um, and I say that because the next episode is about two sisters. So we have two toxic sisters. Now, um, you all might not agree with me on that, but just listen and then you decide what you think. So we have two twin sisters. Their names are Doris Gay and Yvette Gay. Now, I I watched a couple of different um, things and one was like Yvette, one was like Yvette. I don't know, um, but I'm going to go with Yvette because that's just the way that I pronounce the name every time I see it. But anyway, so they were twin sisters and they were um, raised in Washington, North Carolina. They were pretty poor. I mean, their story is not one that has a good background. They were raised um, with a house full of children. They were the oldest of eight kids and their dad didn't work. He was really strict though. So he was one of those dads that I don't work, but I'm going to still run this house. You're going to do what I tell you to do. And that's just the way it's going to be. Don't ask any questions about it. Um, the mom, she, (laughs) I read that she had got arrested for welfare fraud. And so just that kind of gives you an idea that they, they were probably struggling back then. And so once the twins were old enough to work, they got a job at the craft factory. And when they would come home with their checks, their dad would just take their whole checks. And it wasn't like, okay, we'll here, give something for the bills. It was like, no, hey, when y'all got paid, I got paid. And so um, the girls started getting frustrated and were like, they were like, you know what? We ain't got time for this. And they decided that they wanted to move out. And they did. Now, the information that I read did state that the twins were mentally challenged and they were very socially awkward. But I could see that when you have a dad who's uh, strict and he isolates you from everyone else and you don't get to actually be in a normal normal environment, then you don't know what normal situations look like or anything like that. You think your normal is normal and really it's not. So I can see why they would or how they would be socially awkward. Uh, but they decided that they were going to get their own place. And the documentation that I, that I read said that they found a little 
bus and it was like an old school bus and they kind of fixed it up and they moved into that bus. Um, they were like, listen, we rather sleep in the old school bus than to stay here. And it, it, was, it had to be bad for you to say, I'm going to go sleep in a bus. But that's what they did. And they were 21 and they were like, listen, we out. It's time. But during this time, Yvette met a guy named Renwick. I liking that name. I'm not liking that name at all. Not one bit. I've washed it around in my mouth several times <laughs> doing the research and I just can't understand it. It don't make no sense. His name is Ren Renwick Gibbs. And so Yvette met him and he wooed her and it it wasn't the looks because I'm going to post normally on on the Instagram page. I do like the the lady since it is focusing on such a lady. But I'm going to post a picture of him because, I mean, it's never okay to do somebody wrong. But in my mind, you got at least be fine. Like, be Chris Brown fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but you can't be cross-eyed and 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 not cute and looking like who did it and what for and you want to get over on me no uh-uh i'm gonna need some will smith looking you know chris brown i something chocolate morris chestnut yeah we can talk about those problems but when you look like you just got off <laughs> the sidewalk and you Look a mess. Yeah, uh-uh. We're not going to play those games. Not at all. And Renwick looked a mess. And Yvette loved it. She did. But here's the funny thing. Renwick was already married to a woman named Anne. But he had only been married for two weeks. The ink hadn't even dried on the marriage license before he decided that he wanted to start cheating on his wife. And it wasn't just with Yvette. He was cheating with other women, too. He was just sticking it with wherever he could get it in and his wife Anne knew about it she knew that he was cheating she knew that he wasn't worth anything I mean the man sold candy bars out of the back of his car that was his nine to five. Oh, that and the women that he cheated with he made them give him their checks so it was like he, the girls, Yvette and Doris were staying with their dad and then moved out on their own thinking that they were going to be doing something. And now Yvette is giving her check to Renwick because he's just like her dad, which leads me to think, you know, sometimes they say, you know, women find men that are just like their dad. They don't do it intentionally, but they do end up doing it. So I wonder if that was the case here, because it sounds like she found someone just like her dad and she was okay with that. What's crazy though is that the the twins had a connection that was crazy because not only did Renwood control Yvette, he controlled Doris too. But there were no indications, and I couldn't find anything that said that they ever slept together. So it was like he was able to control Doris without having that sexual connection. He was able to just take control of her mind because she was giving him her check too. So he was getting a check from Ann, Yvette, and Doris. And here's the crazy part. They all worked together at the factory. 
But when I was reading it at first, I was like, okay, well, so you work with the girl. You know he cheating with her. Why didn't you run up on her? I mean, I'm not saying I condone violence, but I'm just saying sometimes things have to happen to make stuff make sense because you need to make it make sense. So with that being said, why didn't you run up on her? Well, I found out that Renwick was abusive to Anne, like real bad. And like she would leave and come back and leave and come back and leave and come back. And they continued this cycle for years. And so the affair between Yvette and Renwick and then Anne and um, Renwick's marriage was about a five-year time span. And he ended up having two kids between both women during that time. And so he would go back and forth like men do who cheat. When he would get mad at Anne, he would go to Yvette and vice versa. And they both knew about each other. Um, I think that Anne probably was glad when he left. I mean, if you're beating on me, then yes, I'm not going to be calling when you leave. I'm not asking anybody where you're at. The police are going to have to tell me if you're missing, okay? Because I'm not calling them. So I could see why she 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 was okay with it because she didn't want him there. But like when he would leave, he, uh, when she would leave, he would threaten. If you don't come back, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your family. I'm going to kill anybody who knows anything. Anybody who you looked at. So that's how he manipulated Anne because he would make her think, not only will I kill you, but I'll kill your family. And so she would always come back. And this cycle just continued over and over again. And it it seemed like Yvette knew like what her place was. She never confronted Anne. She never tried to get him to leave her or anything like that. She just stayed in her lane and did whatever side chicks do. I mean, she she was the ultimate side chick and <laughs> and Renwick loved it. Until one day Anne said, you know what, enough is enough. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm leaving. And when she had left previously, she would always leave and go to a family member's house. Um, like uh, her mom or dad and then she would go to like maybe a sister's house or something like that she even went to I read something that says she even went to her aunt's house in Virginia and he came and found her there and threatened to kill her family if she didn't come back so she came back so this time when Anne left she decided that she was going to go to a shelter because she didn't want to put her family in that situation. She was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to shelter. So that way I'm not even there. He can't even come there and say, well, I'm here because I'm not. And so that's what she did. She left. She went to the shelter and she was going back and forth to work. And her dad was letting her use his car. And the night that this happened, she went to work and she was working the graveyard shift and Renwick came up to her job because he had went to her family's house and they were like, we don't know where she's at. She's not here. And he was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go up to her job. So he goes up to her job and he's trying to beg her. Hey, listen, come back to me. I'm going to be better. You know, you know what men say when they, they want to get their foot in the door, although they're not going to act better. They tell you they're going to act better. You know, it all sounds good in theory, but it usually isn't, especially when you're cheating. So Anne was serious. This time she stuck to her gun. She was like, nope, 
I'm not going back. And so she said, you know what? As a matter of fact, because y'all know how we can get slick with our mouth. She said, you know what? As a matter of fact, why don't you go home to your new wife, Yvette? (laughs) Well, that must have pissed Renwick off because he left and went to the bus. (laughs) not to the house he went to the bus so when he got to the bus this is this kind of made me also think that Yvette was mentally challenged and Doris too because when he got to the bus he was pissed off and he told them he was pissed off because Anne told him that he needed to go home to his new wife Yvette if I'm the side chick I'm gonna be like what are you mad about that for like you do need to come home to me. Like that should have been known long ago, but they weren't like that. They were as angry as he was. It was kind of like, however he felt, they felt. Um, they were walking on eggshells because I'm pretty sure if he was beating on Anne, he was over here beating on the twins. So whatever he said went. And so he was, yeah, she over here and she telling me that I need to go home and be with my new wife, Yvette. And I'm telling her that I still want to be with her. And, you know, what? you know, I'm sure he had a whole spill that he was saying and they're just feeding all into it. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to kill him. And he decides that a plan needs to be put into action to kill him. And so this is about... Um, three weeks prior and he has Doris go buy some bullets for his gun and and they're talking about it they're discussing it because he's angry and from all the stuff that I read and was kind of like confused because he was really calm at this point he wasn't as adamant about trying to get back with her as he had been and so she was concerned And I think that was something that we talked about on our last episode about, you know, how when crazy people get quiet, we get concerned. Like, why are you not acting crazy anymore? I had this guy who used to um, stalk me and he it had gotten so bad that when he stopped, I was concerned. Like, why are you not calling? Not because I wanted it. But because it had become such a normal to me that I didn't know what would happen if he stopped. Was it an escalation? And then, no, it didn't make it any better that I watched all these crime shows. shows. So, of course, it meant that he was getting ready to kill me. So, um, I could definitely understand why Ann was concerned that he was being quiet. And she had every right to be because he was plotting. And he was plotting with Doris and Yvette. I I mean, Yvette. I told y'all that the name went back and forth, so don't blame me. Just love me. Just love me, you guys. Um, But anywho, so they start, they continue with the plan, and they stake, they case out the house. And normally what happens is um, Anne's father would get up and go to work at 3, 3.30-ish, and then he would set the alarm when he left for an hour later to get his wife up. And then she would get their two children up, um, 16-year-old Shamika, and then they had a 13-year-old son named William Jr. So he, they, would, that, they had a plan. That was their routine. And the morning, of the, the morning of the murders, that's what happened. He got up. He 
got ready for work. He set the alarm. He left the house. And he went on about his day like everything else was fine. Like it was any other day because he had no reason to think that it wasn't going to be any other day. Unfortunately, this will be a day that was going to change his entire life. He goes to work. And then as soon as he goes to work, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Renwick and Yvette go to the house. They go to the house and Renwick kicks the door in. Now, I told you that Doris knew about the plan. She had even purchased the bullets, but Renwick told her to stay home. She didn't come. It was just him and Yvette. I guess he said, it's Bonnie and Clyde time. Let's go, boo. And she went with her man. Um, he told her from, from her statements, he told her that they were just going over there to talk because he wanted to find out where Anne was at. But I don't believe that that's true because... Remember I said that he had went to her job and it was the midnight shift. So he knew if he's casing out the family's house and he's going up to her job, stalkers know. So he knew that she was at work, but he told Yvette that he was going over there to find out where she was at. And of course she went like, so I'm going with you to find out where your wife is at and I'm your side chick. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, it just seems like that elevator's not going all the way up with Yvette. But she went, even though Renwick had guns. Like, if you want to talk, why do you need guns? If you want to talk, why are we leaving the house before the chickens get up? Like, in the roosters, like, make it make sense. That's why I couldn't be that ride or die. I asked too many questions. I do. I ask too many questions. I date guys and they're like, Siobhan, why do you ask so many questions? I don't know. I just ask whatever comes to mind. So imagine if I dated somebody who thought like Renwick. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't last at all. It wouldn't last. It just couldn't because I would have too many questions. So they get there, they kick the door in. And by this time, um, Louise is up and that is Anne's mom. 40-year-old Louise, she's up and she's getting ready for her day. She's getting ready to wake the kids up and get the day started. Renwick comes in with the guns and tells her, where's Ann at? And he knows where Ann is at. Where's Ann at? And she's like, I don't know where she's at. I don't know. And as a mother, I could see that. Like, as a mother, if someone came in and asked me where my daughter was at and the choice was to either tell them or die, then I would just have to die because I'm not going to tell them where my baby is, especially when I know what their intentions are once they find her. So, of course, she was like, no, I don't know where she's at. And so then he got the children and the mom together and he rounded them up. And then he told, this is where the story gets a little conflicting because there are a couple of different versions one says that he told Yvette to tie them up, but then another version says that he told the little um, the little brother to tie him up, which I sure hope that he didn't because I can't imagine having to tie my mom and my sister up not knowing what was going to be the outcome or you knowing that the outcome was going to be bad because I know you're not tying us up to play cops and robbers, so I know that the outcome is going to be bad. And so he tied him up and he gagged him. And then before he could gag him, I, I believe this is probably why he did um, put 
the socks in their mouth because the mom started reminding him. She was like, don't you remember that time that I helped you out? Don't you remember that time when you needed money? And he was like, yeah, I remember that time. Well, Shamika is going crazy and I can only imagine why she would be. She's screaming. And so the mom is trying to get him to calm down and Shamika's screaming and he's getting nervous and anxious and the guns are going every which way. And Yvette is there and she's looking like a lost puppy or deer caught in headlights. And all of a sudden he puts the socks in the mouth and then he shoots Shamika in the, um, in the back of the head. And then after he shoots Shamika in the back of the head, he shoots William Jr. in the back of the head. After he shoots William Jr. in the back of the head, he shoots the mom in the chest and in the in the hand. And then they decide that after that, they're going to leave a note, like a, a brown paper bag with like kind of like, you know, the ransom notes with the letters that are typed out. They're cut out the magazine. Yeah. So he left a paper bag with letters on there that said, I told you about slapping my mother. And I guess that was his way of trying to throw the police off of his trail, thinking like maybe someone would be like, well, whose mama got slapped? Not my mama. But yeah, so he left that there and then him and Doris went back to the bus. But as we've talked about before, killers definitely do go back to the crime scene. So after he drops Yvette off to the bus with Doris, He goes to his sister's house and he's like, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you come with me to help me get Anne back? And he's like, and the sister's like, listen, you know, y'all do this all the time. I don't really got time. I got some errands to run today. And he's like, okay, but can you still do this for me? And she's like, well, okay, I'll meet you. I'll meet up with you and then we can just go over to the house and I'll talk to her. And see what she says. And that's what they did. They met up. They went over to the house. And then uh, Renwick goes up to the door. And he knocks on the door. And he comes back. And he's hysterical. And so his sister's like, I know something's not right. Because he's acting crazy. So she goes up to the door. And she looks. And nothing looks suspicious. But then she goes a little bit closer. And the door is open. And she's able to see the bodies. And so she calls 911. And when she calls 911, the police come. And when they get there, Renwick is laying on the ground, rolling around, acting a fool, just act, acting a mess, especially knowing what he just did. Especially knowing what he just did. So the police try to get him to calm down. They're trying to get him to kind of get it together so they could ask him some questions. But by this time, um, Mr. Ferris is coming home from work. And when he's coming home, he notices like a crowd of people around his house. And of course, I'm going to be suspicious too. Well, I'm nosy. So I'm going to be suspicious whether it's my house or not. It could be your house. I need to know what's going on. Like, what is going on over there? But it was his house and he needed to know what was going on. And when he got there, it would change his life because he found out that his wife, Louise, 40-year-old Louise Ferris had been killed. 16-year-old Shamika had been killed. And then 13-year-old William Jr. had been killed. And so, of course, he knew exactly who did it. He didn't have a doubt in his mind. He knew that the person who had done this to his family was Renwick. 
And so he had to make that call to his daughter to tell her that her mom and her siblings were gone. And that broke her. But I think Renwick knew what he was doing when he went over there. He knew that what was going to hurt her the most would be killing her family. And he knew it because he had threatened her with that on several occasions. But what confuses what confuses me is that if you have a side chick over here, not only do you have a side chick, you have a side chick and her sister who do what you want. And why can't you just go live on the magic school bus? I don't understand. Just go over here. But some men like to have their cake and eat it too. And he was one of those people. And so he was like, you know what? They have to die. I want her to hurt as much as she's hurt me. You started cheating on her when y'all were married for two weeks, dude. Like, I I don't understand. I, I don't understand the entitlement that some men have. But I do know one thing men always have is the nerve. Because this man had the nerve to get mad at her because she didn't want to put up with his mess no more. His cheating, his hitting on her, his lying, his cross eye. He didn't want to put up with none of that no more. I mean, she didn't want to put up with none of that no more. And he was angry about that and he did something about it. And so the police, they weren't distracted by that little note. They knew because he had a history of of beating on her. He had a history of going upside her head. They knew. Plus... In addition to that, the dad told that he knew that it was Renwick. And then Ann said, I knew that it was him. He had threatened my family several times. So the police went and they talked to him. And and at first, he denied it. He was like, no, I didn't do anything. I didn't. I I don't have anything to do with it. But then they found out about the affair between him and Yvette. And they went and picked up the twins. And once they went and picked them up, that was a different story. Because at that time, Renwick didn't have a hold over them. They were in a totally different place. And I think they kind of felt like I would rather be in jail than to be underneath his prison. And so that says a lot about him as a person. They told on them. They spilled the beans. And after they did that, he started telling what happened and he said that the reason why he killed them is because he was tired of them interfering in his marriage like when she would come over to their house when she would leave i guess he wanted them to say no or when he would come over there and ask where she was at i guess he wanted them to tell um him where she was at but that's not how that worked but in his mind because it 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 was twisted he thought that was the way it was supposed to be and since it didn't go that way he was angry and so they had to die um it sucked because the the everybody lost the the key and kids lost their dad they lost their grandparents they lost their aunt and they lost their uncle well they did they lost their grandmother and then they lost their aunt and their uncle and then yvette her kids lost their mom and their dad so it's just, it, it's a crazy story all the way around. Um, Doris got 10 years and it was for conspiracy to commit murder. Yvette got the death penalty and so did Renwick, but it was overturned and they were both given life sentences. Um, I was kind of confused and I was looking at some more stuff because I was wondering 
I mean, I don't think that Yvette shouldn't have gotten any time, but if the records do indicate that she was mentally challenged, I'm just wondering why she got life, um, especially with all of the signs of Renwick's abuse. I think she should have got some time, but life was a bit much. Um, Doris is out now. She's out and she's, you know, living her life. Um, she's quiet. She, I, I haven't seen any interviews that she's done to talk about it or anything like that, but that has to be something that she probably wants to put behind her. She was in jail for a while. And not only that, her sister is still in jail. Her twin sister is still in jail behind that. So um, everybody lost in that situation. And the reason why I say that the twins were toxic is because they, they were, I mean, anything that love is not supposed to hurt. Love is not supposed to have you out here killing people. And that's what attracts me to these stories is because I'm always intrigued by the women who need love, who think that they need love so much that they're willing to risk it all, everything that they've worked for, their their love, their children. Like, I know how much I love my kid, so I can't imagine not being able to see her every day. But these women get so engulfed in the men that they don't even care about their children anymore. It's only what is the best for their man. And so it um, is sad and I want so much more for us. I want us women to see our worth and to understand that we are a force with or without a man. We are powerful and we can achieve so many things and we don't have to chase behind a man to get those things. We are capable of being successful, being um, powerful, being healthy, being peaceful. Like we're capable of doing all of those things with or without a man. And I think that we've been conditioned to think that we have to have one. And when we don't, sometimes that's when these stories happen. Toxic love goes wrong. And so now Yvette is going to be in jail for the rest of her life because she chose to follow Renwick that day and go and take the lives of people who did nothing at all to harm her. So you guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Such a Lady. I enjoy telling you guys these stories. I hope you enjoy listening just as much. Let me know. Um, See you all next week and have a great week.